You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Hallett. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to another edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And for the Edmonton Oilers, we are in the midst of the All-Star break. They are off until Tuesday when they'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights here in town. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop for those looking for some pregame coverage. Tune in to TSN 1260, 6 o'clock. Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. For the Edmonton Oilers, their last action was on Wednesday when they defeated the Washington Capitals 5-3. to Ryan Newton-Hopkins coming up big in that game with a couple goals. Cody Ceci had two assists. Evander Kane and Leon Draisaitl each contributing with a goal and an assist in that one. And Connor McDavid also scoring a goal there. The Edmonton Oilers, like I said, 5-3 victory over the Washington Capitals. And uh, not a bad game for sure. Obviously a really good start uh, scoring on, I believe, three of their first four goals. Chasing Samsonov and uh, then allowing the Capitals to get back into it, which you don't really love to see. But for the Oilers, scoring at two more goals in the third period, getting the W and uh, going into the All-Star break happy. And with that one, now the Edmonton Oilers currently sitting ninth in the Western Conference after 42 games played. Three points back of the Calgary Flames for the final playoff spot. Uh, some good news, though, they are six points back on the Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Oilers have five and six games in hand of both those teams. So a chance definitely to get back in the playoffs. It'll all get going once again on Tuesday when the Oilers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights currently fifth in the Western Conference with 57 points. That's seven, or no, sorry, eight more points than the Oilers. Uh, they've also got four games in hand. So a uh, big game for the Oilers. Uh, it's going to be very important. The following games, uh, once we get going here after the All-Star break, as the Oilers look to make a rush and get back into the playoffs. Uh, for those of you watching the All-Star festivities this weekend, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl both there representing the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, in the skills competition, Connor McDavid will be taking part in the fastest skater. Uh, his opponents in that one, Kale McCarr, Dylan Larkin, Jordan Kyrou, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Kiss Kreider, Adrian Kempe, and Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think whenever you get a chance to see Connor McDavid really show off his speed in a competition like this, it's a must-watch. Uh, I don't know how fast the rest of these guys are compared to Connor McDavid. We know that Dylan Larkin is a guy who can fly, so that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see him out there. But uh, yeah, anytime you get a chance to watch those guys go out there, and wheel. It's it's always going to be fun. Personally, I love the NHL skills competition. I grew up watching it. Uh, the accuracy, the speed, uh, the hardest shot I thought was always fun. Uh, you know, especially getting a chance to watch the Dano Chara, you know, Shea Weber. Maybe if you're a little bit older, you got Al Iafredi and Al McInnes. Always like to watch those ones. So uh, it's going to be a fun one for that. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, he'll also be participating in the Honda NHL Accuracy Shooting. Shout out to Honda if you're looking to sponsor a podcast. Let me know his opponents in that one. Jonathan Marsh, so Troy Terry, Clayton Keller, Jake Gensel, Johnny Goudreau, Rasmus Dahlin, Sebastian Ajo, and Patrice Bergeron. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch what happens there with the skills competition. I know they're, they're mixing in the Bellagio fountains as well. Going to use some of the, uh, the stuff that they can, the, the, the nightlife. <laughs> the things that Vegas has to offer, they're going to be taking advantage of it uh, for the skills comp and then the all-star game as well. So if you're tuning into that one, I hope you enjoy it. It should be a lot of fun. Um, very quickly, should let you know DraftKings, big sponsor of the show. We want to thank them. If you're going to be playing 
in the future, you want to sign up, make sure to use promo code THPN when you do so. Of course, we've got the Super Bowl coming up. you got Major League Baseball. Uh, I think, you know, if the season gets going, you'll have to participate in that. You get the NHL, NBA, MMA, golf, lots of stuff on DraftKings. Sign up, use promo code THPN. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in uh, the minutes to come here on the Other Connor Podcast. But uh, why don't we start things off with our guest today. You know him from the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. He also played in the NHL. He played for the Oilers, the Rangers, the Blackhawks, the Islanders, and the Vancouver Canucks. Two-time, two-time Memorial Cup champion with the Kamloops Blazers. Jason Strudwick joins me. Struddy, thank you for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing good, Struds. I mean, a nice Friday when we're taping this. Uh, Weather is getting better. Uh, we've got the All-Star Weekend coming up, and then the Edmonton Oilers get back to action on Tuesday. A uh, big Pacific Division matchup with the Vegas Golden Knights in Edmonton, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I want, I, there's lots of things we can talk about, Struddy, but let's go with the All-Star break. And unfortunately, you might have been the biggest snub. You never got to play in the All-Star game, but that did mean you got to have a lot of fun during the All-Star break. So, Maybe in a non-COVID situation, what would the boys be doing right now with their couple days off here? Well, first off, let's set the record straight. A lot of times it was politics related. (laughs) My snubbing for the All-Star game, um, you know, making sure there's a right quota from various conferences, every team represented. I I don't really want to make a big deal of it, but I I want to make you aware that it wasn't always my play related. And you declined Um, a couple times, right? Yeah, 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 I did, I did, yeah. I'd rather take it off and go. I, I had to sit out a game when I came back because I didn't want to, didn't want to make the trip to wherever the All-Star game was. Um, no, I, you know, as a player, you're always excited about the All-Star weekend. Like, it's just a break in the schedule. And, you know, physically, you know, some players need it physically, some need it mentally, and some just need to get away. You know, you just need to get away from what you're doing. So, you know, obviously Vegas was a big place that a lot of guys love to go to because, you know, a lot of different guys from different teams go there and you kind of would hang out and see each other. Um, you know, I went skiing one time. Um, one time I actually stayed in New York. Uh, when I was playing there, because I mean, you're already in New York. You know how much I'm more, you know, more excitement you need from that. So you know, everyone kind of does their own thing, but it's it is an exciting time. And I remember my last All Star game. I didn't make it again. And uh, the Oilers, I was with the Oilers playing in Dallas. And uh, my wife and I decided we we're going to go down to Vegas, and it was some, and, and meet some people down there. So I uh, I. I looked at the times, the flights from Dallas to Vegas. There was one, like, I want to say, like, 10.30, you know, and, and for a 7 o'clock game or something like that, I could make it. Uh, but there was another one, like, at midnight, let's say, so it was a little bit later. You know, it was, it was close, but, it was, you know, I thought I could make the early one. So I uh, I booked the early one, and I, I didn't know if I'd be playing on This was, like, a month before. And so I get, you know, I'm not playing that game. Tom Rennie didn't play me. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Like, as soon as the game's over, I ordered a car, I jump in and go. The game goes in overtime. I, I just find, I don't care who scores. I just want someone to score. I don't care what happens. So anyway, then in the end, we win. I literally go flying in there. I uh, I say hi to everyone. I just beeline out right to my town car, right to the airport, and I'm gone. I make the flight. I walk on. It's like just my toothbrush and a phone. And, 
it's funny. I got there, and you know, Al Shemsky and his wife, or, or at that time girlfriend, now wife, they were going as well. And I walked through options. What are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I took the only flight. You're like, oh my god. So we were hanging out with her, my wife, and and her, you know, him and uh, Hemsky's wife, and I were all hanging out drinking way before he even got there. And he's like, oh my god, Shreddy, how'd you get there so early? So we were all laughing about it. So you know, I got lucky. I could have been burned and missed the fight completely, but there was no way. If I'd been playing that game, I might have shot my own net just so we get out there and get to Vegas. <laughs> so was that the was that the best trip you took during the the All Star break there? And when you're away, do you watch the All Star game or did you care at all? I couldn't care less. When I was playing, <laughs> I could not. I there was there was. I would rather watch paint drying competition than watch uh, that. You know, you've played so much hockey. You've played against all those guys. You know how good they are. And, but it has nothing to do with you. You know, that's for the league. It's for the stars. For you know, the grinders like myself. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it helps grow the game, but I'm not, I can't help grow the game when I'm not there. So I don't even think I even, I don't even know if I even ever watched a second of it, right? But I, um, I appreciate the good players going so that we can have the time off. <laughs> <laughs> when you only have a weekend in Vegas, or whatever it might be, a couple days, the earlier you get there is crucial, right? Like, you've got to get there uh, just a bit earlier and soak up those extra couple hours, a couple extra hours, uh, maybe at the roulette table or the blackjack, whatever uh, whatever your poison might be. Now, for the Edmonton Oilers, they will take on Vegas. Unfortunately, not in Vegas, which would have been way, way more convenient for Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid. Uh, and then maybe the boys could have gone down a couple days early and had some fun. Not going to work out that way. Um, but let's go back to Wednesday night when the Oilers were in Washington, take on the Capitals, and, you know, not a bad game. Really good start. Uh, they allowed the Capitals to get back into it without Alexander Ovechkin. But uh, when it mattered, they, they found a way to score. And uh, what was your impressions on the, the victory in Washington? And just how much nicer is it to go into this break after a win? Oh, it's huge. Especially, you know, not just a win, but like the last, you know, half dozen games, right? A lot of positive things. Um, what I really like about it is that the way they came out, they made a goalie look bad. And how many times can we say that about the Oilers? in the last dozen games or more. You know, most often are like, oh, man, that goalie had a great game. You know, and that's, so they made it, they chased the goalie. Now, you can say he hasn't played well, but he played really well the night before. So I think that's something we should, you know, look at as a positive. Um, you know, physically, I thought the Oilers got pushed out of the game a little bit. They were able to kind of rebound. Um, but I think that's something that we have to be aware of. And, and, and I think the Oilers... The Fogels, the Canes, the Hymans, the Cassians, the Nurses, even CC. These guys have to be aware that they're bigger bodies. They've got to be physical. Like they, they have to not to necessarily run around and hammer guys, but you've got to try to get you know make it uncomfortable for other teams as much as possible. Stradia, when it comes to what's going to be happening now uh, in the next couple of days here, obviously um, Mike Smith looks like he'll be ready to go once the team returns from the All-Star break. You've got Miko Koskinen as well. Uh, and Stuart Skinner gets sent back down to Bakersfield. I know they play Friday, Saturday night, uh, probably gets into some game action. In one of those two games, you would at least think that would be the case. Uh, going forward here, how confident are you in the Oilers' goaltending, especially just looking at the track record this year with how things have gone for Mike Smith with the injuries and Miko Koskinen and kind of been up and down uh, like out of 10 how confident are you in this this goaltending duo well it's hard for me to know because we haven't seen Mike Smith you know he, he's a wild card in all this it hasn't been performance related that we're unsure about him it's just he hasn't played so you know he's had some bad luck between the foot or ankle or whatever shin bone whatever it was and now the hand issue um, you know if he can get all that behind him 
and you know have a you know be prepared to come back and be after the All Star break and, and and have some luck. Like he needs luck, this guy. You know, he you know unfortunately he just had bad luck, and not puck luck, Connor, just bad luck. So you know get him going, get him playing um, in some games, and then take some time to evaluate truly where you are. You know the the idea of sending Miko down to me didn't make a lot of sense just because there's no sense in in, in in doing that, you, you can have Skinner continue to play in the minors. So now you have you have three goalies. Hopefully, Mike Smith can have some luck, um, health wise, build his game back up. Then he can truly see around because this is the first time that, that, that on I believe on Tuesday they'll have everyone in the lineup they want, plus their new player Vander Kane. So you know, take take how nice would it be to have a ten game run or let's let's call it you know all of February where they see. That, that group of players, no injuries, everyone's able to play well or to play and play well and hopefully build and they can truly evaluate where you are because I think up to this point, um, the good start, the terrible midsection or whatever you want, 20 to 40 games, and then the rebound now has been hard to evaluate. This will be, I think, a good indicator if everyone stays healthy, no COVID protocols, where this team's at. Well, and I want to ask you about that. I mean, when we get into the second half of the season here and and the Oilers get things going, uh, do you think they're closer to the team that started off red hot and was, you know, first place in the Western Conference? Or do you think they're maybe a little closer to the team that had those struggles and, you know, I mean, the, the inability to score first has continued. But which which side do you think they would be more closer to? The good team, dominant team, or the team that struggles? They're closer to the good team. I think the team that is... You know, sent out to ice now with Evander King changes things dramatically. It allows them to have three centers. Um, it can play one, two, three that you're very comfortable putting any situation. Um, that that's a huge thing. That's a massive thing for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and and just the distribution of minutes you can put out there. Um, you know, having guys you trust in all situations out there. It's huge. And we've been talking about that third line center role for a long time. Well, it's it's solved. Right? If there's no issues with the injuries, it's solved. So I think that's a huge thing off the list. And with the addition of Kane, if he can kind of keep getting himself going over this uh, all-star break, get himself uh, up to a point where he's contributing, although his goals have been good, but just keep on working his way back into feeling where he feels good about himself. Um, you know, and then Tyson Berry back, Mike Smith, I think they're, they're a good team. You know, how far they go, it's going to depend on their penalty kill. Uh, I think their power play. Um, you know, continued improvement on, on those small details in their own end. But, you know, those all things, they, they're trending the right direction. I don't have them at the top five to seven team, um, but if they can just kind of do the things I've outlined, you know, they're definitely a ten, top ten team, uh, you know, in the league. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't yet in your state, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a one million dollar top prize with their first deposit download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team bet just five dollars and get 280 in free bets if your team wins that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 
21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 877- Eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. And now more of the other Connor podcast. Stratty, one of the things that you and I talked about almost, I felt like almost too much was Evander Kane and what had happened, and you know weighing the on versus the off ice issues, and and how good of a player you can be on the ice. He's got t- two goals now uh, for the Oilers, both deflections going to the net. We've seen a little bit of the the physical play that he brings to this team. What what are your thoughts on the addition so far? And, and you know, from someone who's played the tough minutes and and gone up against physical players, what does he bring to this team just on the ice? Well, he's uncomfortable to play against because he can beat you up, run you over, or dangle you and score on you. So I mean, there's he has lots of ways he can be have an impact the game. You know, you look at some of the Oilers forwards. Um, you know, after him. You know, not everyone can be physical. Not everyone can fight. Not everyone can score. Not everyone can dangle. You know, he has all four. He has all four ability, all four of them. He's the only player in the Oilers who can do all four. And so he's a real valuable addition to this lineup. Um, and if he can, you know, do that and embrace it and stay healthy and, and have an impact on the ice that we know he can, that he has had for every year pretty much he's playing in the NHL, that's huge for, huge for the Oilers. joiners. You know, we saw it the other night. I thought, you know, Cassian kind of got sucked into it a little bit, playing a bit more like, you know, I think the fans want him to or expect him to. Um, the physicality, I think Yamamoto, you saw the reaction after the collision with Hathaway and McDavid, you know, going going after or going, you know, to, to confront Hathaway. Like, these are all positive things. And, you know, Pooley Arvey, you know, to start the year, I thought we saw a lot of emotion out of him. We, when's the last time we saw him get involved in a scrum in front of the net? You know, I believe that not just him, but most players are better when they emotionally connect to the game. Right now, we're not seeing that from Poliarvi, and I don't know if he's maybe getting to the point where he thinks he's more of a player than he is. Then he has to be a bit of a, a bit of a player and a mucker. and that's a dangerous game because you know if Poliarvi is not scoring. Now he does get pucks back and he does forecheck, but you kind of got to make it uncomfortable with the other group. So Poliarvi is that guy who, if I'm, you know. Glenn Gullickson, I walk down and say, hey, buddy, watch this guy. Watch 91. Watch how he, he gets to bodies and he plays physical and makes uncomfortable. Not that I'm suggesting Pulley Arps to fight, but he's got to make life more uncomfortable for other teams because 91 does that, uh, you know, every night. How, in your experiences, receptive are players to that? Because, like, I agree 100%. And, I mean, I, th- I think uh, Zach Cassian is another guy that you'd love to see play a, with a little more edge and, and be a little bit more of a prick at times. Uh, you know, you'll see Pugliarvi got this size. And I guess it's not even necessarily being overly mean, but not backing down from those sort of things and engaging every once in a while. In your experience, I mean, are, are players receptive to that? Because it, it seems if it was that easy, the conversation would have been had and they'd be doing it already. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do. You know, being physical night in, night out is hard. One, it's tiring. It, it wears your body down, number two. And three, you know, you can piss other people off. You know, so you, you have to be prepared for what's on the other side 
of you giving it to someone all the time. But you, you have to have a, create a mindset. Um, and I, I remember when I was young, you know, very young defenseman, uh, Brad McCrimmon was my assistant coach. And he always thought, kind of said a joke and jokingly, but he said, hey, the good book always said it's better to give than receive. So he was always telling me, like, give it, you know, give it, give out the nasty, you know, and I, I was, I'd always resonated with me and I always, I always, or resonated and I always kept that with me thinking, God, he's right, like, I'm going to get hit, so why don't I hit back, you know, or give it back to guys. And it's, it's that mentality, you have to have it a bit in your soul, and if you don't, you got to manufacture it. And I think that's something that, that Coley Army's got to find a way to do it. Um, it creates some, just creates some, you know, some frustration for the other team. And we saw it earlier. Again, we haven't seen it recently. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that his goal scoring has, has struggled or, has, you know, been a bit of a struggle since the point where he doesn't have that same emotional connection. Jason Strudwick joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. You can catch him on the Jason Greger Show Monday through Friday from uh, 2 to 6 on TSN 1260. Uh, Struddy, today on the show, we actually had Bakersfield Condors head coach uh, Jay Woodcroft on, obviously talking about the Oilers' uh, AHL affiliate team. And, and one of the main topics there was Dylan Holloway and what he's b- brought to the program, uh, finally getting into professional hockey after a couple unfortunate injuries. Uh, hearing from Coach Woodcroft, was there anything that stood out to you uh, about Dylan Holloway? And, and also, I guess, two-part question, when do you think he's back up in the lineup, especially with the Oilers and, you know, the fact that they brought in Evander Kane? Uh, well, the, the thing that jumped out was how he just raved about his skating. You know, and I've heard people talk about his skating as being very positive, but I mean, he called it elite. Uh, that's pretty high praise. You know, I, I wish someone would talk to me about elite in any way. And uh, they, they talked about it, his skating, so I think that's a big deal. Um, as far as the recall, like I, you got to remember he hasn't played for a long time, and he's adapting to professional hockey. So you know, I, I'd put I'd put it at at least over ten games. I think I, I think on you know the Gregor show, I think I mentioned end of February. Um, you know, some now people are calling for longer, so I don't know if they have some inside information or something. But you know, I think that you know, with there being no injuries and Evander Kane coming in, I think that that can that gives you you know more breathing space or breathing room. To bring up Evander Hall or to bring up Evander, to bring up Dylan Holloway. Um, now, if there are injuries, that may force your hand. Or if he really excels and plays really well, um, but if if not, I don't really see the rush. Especially if you're pretty happy with what your top nine are doing. You know, is he going to jump over top of Kane, Hyman, or Fogel? I I don't know that you put a rookie in front of any of those guys right now. Um, so if he can play big minutes, get used to the big game down there, then come up. You know, I thought maybe early March. Um, you know, some now are thinking maybe later, but I, I still think that the earliest I'd have them is end of February, early March. So we're, we're talking like a month from now. Struddy, I would put you in the elite human being category. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that doesn't score goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. There's more to life than goals, Struddy. And, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend if people want to hear that full interview, uh, go over to tsn1260.ca or jasongreger.com. Uh, you can hear the full conversation with Condor's head coach, uh, Jay Woodcroft, from on uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Struddy, just a couple more for you here. And since we're kind of at the unofficial midway point of the Oilers' season, uh, if I had to ask, you who is their MVP so far? And I, it might be a two-horse race. Who would you pick? Oh boy, MVP. Um, you know what? I think everyone has has more to give. Um, you know, I think you have the obvious candidates with Connor and, and, and Leon. 
I wish I could go with a bit of an undercover one, though. You know, maybe like uh, not a diamond or rough, but someone who's maybe uh, you know like the dark horse. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I guess I, I guess I'd go with Leon. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's difficult. You know, you start the season, obviously, Connor and Leon were coming out of the gates firing, and the team played well. Then there's that period of, of you know, um, what do you want to call it, a bit of a slowdown or a struggle mm-hmm. period. I think that's a harder one to kind of embrace. So, you know, I think ultimately you want your, your best players to lead you out of that, and they, they have played well. Um, but I, I actually think that, you know, Connor's got a whole other level to get to that we saw maybe in previous years. We haven't seen this year yet. So I, I think ultimately it'll be Connor that kind of gets this group and leads them, leads them to where they want to go, uh, or where he, well, I should say, where he wants to take them. But I, it's funny if you ask me after 20 games, it'd be really easy. But after this, I think all the players have kind of had a tough time. So maybe it's not fair to, to judge it by that, especially when you look at the points those guys are putting up. But I, I to be honest, I don't really feel comfortable giving you, a, you know, one guy thinks I don't think anyone's, you know, kind of been awesome all year long how about this one and i i think this you, you could put a very positive twist on this one who's been the most surprising player for you this year in a good way cody cc i think he's been great i you know i he's not adam larson you know adam larson at times i think he should have been in jail the way he used his <laughs> stick in his body out there you know like and that's a compliment uh, but I, I, I just, I think CeCe's really just quietly come in and asserted himself. Uh, he makes plays. He's a big guy, rangy. You know, I'd like him to be a little more physical, but uh, I also wish I had more hair so you, can't, you don't get everything you want. But, you know, I think that that for me is, is a guy that I, I, I've really, I've really liked his game. I, I think he, he, he brings steadiness to his partnerships or his partner, whoever he plays with. So I think obviously a little bit biased, but I, I really like Corey Seeds' game. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. Uh, I mean, talked about it with some friends, things like that. Some people say Bouchard. Uh, you know, there's other people that have gone in other directions there, but uh, yeah, I think that's a really good pick, and you're right. I mean, he, he's been solid uh, throughout the season here with the Oilers, and I mean, at times, I think he's shown some nice offensive upside as well, so I like that pick, Struddy. My last question for you and uh, I'll take you back a little bit. You and I used to do post-game shows on TSN 1260, and you had the Gray Man Award. Yeah. Now, yeah. I believe you can correct me here, but this was not someone who was necessarily bad, but at times you just couldn't really notice and, and wasn't really noticeable out there on the ice. You can confirm that or correct it if you have to, but who's your Gray Man at the midway point? Yeah, I think I got that. I think I, if I remember correctly, I got it from a Navy SEALs, and I think that... What they would, I, 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 I may be wrong, but something along the lines where they went out for a training, that there were 20 guys that went out for a training session. Uh, they'd come back and they'd say, okay, who was the gray man? And what that meant is that who was the guy who, who wasn't the worst, but wasn't the best, who was just kind of there, but didn't really do anything. And they, they were trying to call out people that, that you know, just, just needs to give more, right? That they could, they could contribute more, and that's where I came with that great. I, I believe that's the origins of the Gray Man Award. So, you know, I, I, I when I look at the Gray Man Award, it's, it's easy to pick a, a, a Zach Cassin. I think that's a guy that you're like, okay, well, this guy, you know, he, he we've seen him be so much more involved emotionally, and, and, and where's that emotion gone? And better with the fans, or better. On, and I, I think that's that's an easy one. Um, but the guy that I, I, I think if I was you know, trying to dial in on someone, 
is is Warren Fogle. Uh, for some of the same reasons, I, I like the way he forechecks. I, I, I like the way that he, um, you know, he, he kind of creates some some issues with his speed. But with that big body, I want to see him be more physical. The you know, as you watch the Capitals game, they, they, they were quite physical to winners. And in a game where you need your big guys that can skate to be physical, Warren Fogle didn't have any hits. Now, you know, you can say the stats keepers aren't fair. Okay, I, I hear you. But... So there's quite a few nights where Fogel doesn't have those physical nights, and and the Oilers need him to be physical. It's not that they 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 they're, they're you know they need to beg him. They're desperate for physical forwards to play big and go to the net and and, and cause chaos. And for for me, there's a lot of things Fogel's doing, but that element is being left out of his game, um, and he needs to find he needs to find it because the Oilers desperately need it. And for that, he gets an award. Uh, Stratty, I'm glad we could work that into this little hit here. Uh, yes or no, Oilers in the second half, turn it around, make the playoffs. Oh, they make the playoffs. I still think they're a playoff team. They're, they're, I think you'll see the Ducks slow down a bit. Um, I think the Sharks slow down. I, I don't know about Dallas. I'm not sold on Dallas um, and, their, and their group there, You know, especially if they end up moving Klingberg or who knows what happens. But I, I believe they're firmly a playoff team. Um Calgary's going to be tough to, to, to get past. Um, it, you know, they're, they're kind of fighting for the same playoff spot. The Kings, can they hold it? You know, they're, they're definitely a surprise. I think they're ahead of their own, what they were hoping for. But I, I do think they're a playoff team. I, I, I feel really comfortable saying that. Good stuff, Struddy. Uh, thanks again for doing this. Really appreciate it. And we'll get you on down the road if you're willing. Oh, always, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Great stuff from former NHLer, former Oiler Jason Strudwick as he joined me here on the Other Connor podcast. You can hear him on the Jason Greger show Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 on TSN 1260. Always appreciate Struddy hopping on and discussing the Oilers. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say I blame him. I feel like if I was an NHL player and I was snubbed for the All-Star game, I'd be heading out of town. I don't know where I'd go every year. Maybe switch it up, but Vegas would definitely be a good time. Uh, maybe this year a little, a little more of the boys might go out there to support their teammates. Uh, they can have a little bit more fun than the guys participating. But yeah, again, thank you to Jason Strudler for hopping on the other Connor podcast today. And that's going to do it for us. Another episode in the books for the Edmonton Oilers. Like I said, off until Tuesday when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a seven o'clock start. And then on the following Wednesday, the Chicago Blackhawks are in town. That one gets going at 6 o'clock. A little bit of an early start. So rush home, make dinner. Uh, you'll be able to watch the Edmonton Oilers take on the Chicago Blackhawks. After that, they've got the Islanders on Friday. And then they head out on a road trip. A very big road trip, actually. Taking on the San Jose Sharks and the LA Kings. Lots of hockey coming up for the Edmonton Oilers here in the next couple of months. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I really do appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. We'll keep you up to date as best we can and try to keep you entertained. Again, thank you to Struddy, thank you to DraftKings, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. We'll talk to you next time here on The Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts from.